heart of the East Coast, this is Sports Raver with your host, a West Coast girl who raves about all things sports, Carolyn B. to talk about my raves. Buffalo puts a stop to history being made. NFL's play at all costs motto. NCAA basketball is underway, but will we make it to March Madness? Plus, events happening in esports, the latest news, and the obscure sports report. Welcome to the Sports Raver, where I rave about my favorite things in sports, and I rave against the worst things in sports. Thanks for coming to rave with me. Welcome to the Sports Raver. I'm Gerilyn B., your host for all things sports. Let's get right into what's going on. Matt Patricia was finally fired by the Detroit Lions after three disastrous seasons. Bob Quinn, who was responsible for bringing Patricia to Detroit in the first place after getting rid of an actual winning coach, was also fired. Patricia is one of a growing list of former assistants with the Patriots that have losing records as head coaches. Bill O'Brien is the only one to have a winning record as a head coach, but it's hard to look at him as a success. The DeAndre Hopkins trade is a real head-scratcher. Mike Frabel also has one, though he was a linebacker for the Patriots and not an assistant coach. And then there's Brian Flores, who has the Miami Dolphins looking good, with them currently in the playoff hunt. And the jury is still out on how Joe Judge will ultimately do, but with a combined winning percentage of .413 for Belichick's coaching family tree, I'm not sure the odds are in his favor. A scary crash happened in the opening lap of the Bahrain Grand Prix in Formula One this weekend. Romain Grosjean hit the barrier hard enough to rip his car in two, causing it to explode into flames. He managed to climb out of the wreckage with the help of Formula One doctor Ian Roberts, who rushed into the fire with no concern for himself. Dr. Roberts and the halo on the car, installed on Formula One cars in 2018, can definitely be credited with saving Grosjean's life. Grosjean said from his hospital bed that though he wasn't originally for the halo, now he feels it is the greatest thing. The Premier League season is in full swing with lots of action over the weekend. The Tottenham Spurs are the surprise leaders of the 20 teams, and though they settled for a draw against Chelsea, they gained a point to put them on top. Leeds United won at Everton for the first time since 1990 off a score by Rafinha, and Manchester United became the first in league history to win four consecutive away matches after trailing in each one. It's still a long way to go before the finish in May. For those that follow on-court fashion, Steph Curry's partnership with Under Armour to create an apparel line debuts its first athletic shoes on December 11th. Just in time for holiday shopping. The NBA preseason is around the corner and they are not recreating the bubble. Instead, the NBA distributed a 134 page guide to safety protocols to all teams for them to follow. It seems, instead of realizing that the route the NFL has taken has been filled with problems and headaches due to so many COVID cases, the NBA will forge ahead with a similar plan. 
the NBA did make sure to include in the protocols that a coach must wear a mask at all times and cannot pull it down to yell at players. Wait, the coaches are allowed to yell at players in the NBA? Why did the university at Buffalo's coach pull out Jarrett Patterson and keep him from possibly breaking the touchdown and yardage record? Jarrett Patterson was having himself a day. He was only 18 yards shy of breaking the rushing record for a single NCAA game and one touchdown away from a record-breaking touchdown total for a game. Then, with the Bulls close to the red zone, coach Lance Leipold pulled him and put in running back Kevin Marks Jr., who scored an easy touchdown. According to Leipold, he didn't know Patterson's numbers for the day when he pulled him. He had no idea he had eight touchdowns already. They were beating Kent State so soundly at that point, you'd think somebody would have told him. For his part, Jarrett Patterson said he wasn't focused on records, only on the team winning. Still, I'm sure he'd have liked to have those records under his belt. But Leipold is facing lots of anger over his decision, and you have all these armchair coaches questioning his move. Maybe he thought there was no need to risk an injury to Patterson since they were winning so convincingly. Or maybe he wanted to get Marks Jr. some playing time. Coaches and GMs have to make quick time decisions based on what they deem important for the team. But that leaves them open to criticism. Just ask Kevin Cash. He faced serious heat for his choice to take Blake Snell out when he was pitching in Game 6 of the World Series this year. In either of these situations, it could have gone the other way. Leipold could have left Patterson in there. Someone lands wrong on his leg, and he's finished. Then it would be a conversation about why didn't he pull Patterson instead of focusing on the records. Same with Kevin Cash. Snell could have easily thrown a pitch that Mookie Betts was looking for and then Mookie hits a home run. Everyone would have said Cash shouldn't have let Snell pitch a third time to the Dodgers' top of the batting order. We'll never know how these games might have gone if players had been left in. And it's really easy to be angry when you're not the one on whose shoulders the win or loss rests. world as we know it is in chaos. All QBs on Denver's roster were placed on the COVID list leading into Sunday's game versus the Saints. All four! The 49ers can't play in their stadium because of local mandates and will now play their next two home games at the Arizona Cardinals Stadium in Glendale. The Ravens have hardly anyone left to play against the Steelers but are forced to move forward with the game that has been rescheduled three times. Because, well, money. A memo sent out in October let teams know that games would be played even with roster issues, which is why the Broncos game went forward. It also says in the language that if a game is postponed due to one team's inability to play because of COVID, the financial consequences will fall heavier on that club. And then there's the fact that if a game is canceled and a team is forced to forfeit, players on both teams won't get paid a dime for that game. There are no easy answers here, and I'm sure teams and players would rather play. The debacle with the Broncos was squarely on all four quarterbacks for not wearing masks. The Ravens outbreak, well, that was traced to a strength and conditioning coach who had symptoms, didn't report them, and didn't wear a mask. 
Teams, coaches, players, you've gotta do better. That won't stop COVID, but it can lessen the blow to whole teams, like the Broncos. And in the end, the Broncos started Kendall Hinton, an undrafted wide receiver from their practice squad who played quarterback in eight games for Wake Forest. It went about as well as expected, though I can't imagine a tougher ask of a team and a player. They basically had 24 hours to put together a game plan. Hey, at least they scored. The Broncos haven't been shut out at all this season, which is more than I can say for the Jets or the Lions. I guess we'll see how the Ravens fare. The NCAA basketball season is underway, and there are already several bumps in the road in this COVID era. Numerous head coaches have already tested positive, and a slew of games had to be postponed or canceled. Some schools have paused all men's basketball activities due to COVID. Gonzaga and Baylor managed to stay one and two respectively in the rankings, though Baylor had to adjust their schedule when head coach Scott Drew tested positive, and Gonzaga played even with a positive COVID test for a player and a staff member. Like many other sports, NCAA basketball is proving they will knock together a season however that season looks in the end. The goal is to make it to March Madness, which provides about 75% of the NCAA's revenue stream a revenue stream they did not have this year due to everything being canceled in the spring. Reports are that the NCAA lost $375 million with the canceling of March Madness. Some reports say that amount is way higher. The NCAA was supposed to distribute $600 million to 1,200 schools across all divisions, but ended up only being able to distribute about $225 million. That's a huge difference. Many schools can only operate athletic programs with that influx of money. They're programs like swimming and tennis, the lesser known ones. But what is even more shocking is that the NCAA reportedly had $500 million in reserves just a few years ago because they were worried student athletes would decide not to play unless the NCAA allowed them to be compensated. Instead of continuing to save that money, the NCAA spent it because they felt having that cash pile was just inviting lawsuits. And funny enough, a large amount of that 500 million was used to settle a class action lawsuit over scholarships. With the football season having been a mess, who knows how much money it has actually made. I'm sure there has been significant revenue lost, which means way less money already to distribute to schools. It's easy to see why March Madness is so important and why the NCAA powers that be are having a panic attack right about now. Well, in any esports competition, you can imagine the amount of electrical power and internet speed that is needed. Possibly hundreds of contestants plugging into power strips at one time and needing super fast internet connections so there's no slowdowns or buffering. And you can imagine what happens if the electrical components melt at the venue. Just ask the organizers of the PUBG Mobile Global Championships. The PMGC Week 1 Day 5 matches had to be postponed due to technical issues. 
namely a power outage. Though they tried hard to remedy it, ultimately they couldn't. And it's no wonder the eSports manager for Tencent, the developer behind PUBG Mobile, tweeted out a picture of numerous fried and melted electrical components at the PMGC studio in Poland. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. We Play Esports is hosting a Mortal Kombat 11 tournament from December 10th through the 13th that they are calling We Play Dragon Temple. Mortal Kombat has been around since 1992, revamping itself over and over to keep up with the fast-changing gaming industry. We Play Esports has never ventured into the FGC, or fighting game community, before, and they are highly regarded in the esports viewing world for production value and even integrating high-tech stuff like augmented reality into their broadcasts. The tournament is by invitation only and along with $60,000 in prize money, promises to offer lots and lots of pizza. It can be viewed on Twitch. I was thinking, someone in the FGC should take the augmented reality thing to a whole new level. Why doesn't someone, say, invent boxing robots? Ever seen real steel? Downtown! Uppercut! The Obscure Sports Report. What? That's a sport? Uh-uh! The UK Snooker Championships are underway and they have been thrilling so far. The championship goes in rounds and it began on November 23rd and will end on December 6th. So what exactly is snooker? Snooker is a game similar to pool or billiards in that it's played on a table with balls and sticks, but it has a lot of differences. The table itself is larger. For English snooker, the table is 12 feet and has pockets. The game is played in what they call frames. There are a total of 22 balls, 15 red ones, six of different colors, and one white. The rules determine which ball can be pocketed on any given turn, and the balls that can be pocketed are called the on balls. If a red is pocketed, it must be followed by one of the colored balls and then followed again by a red. If a different ball is put in the pocket, it is a foul and the player doesn't receive points for that ball. The winner is the one who has accumulated the most points by pocketing the balls in the correct order. One of those used to getting all the points in snooker, Ronnie the Rocket O'Sullivan, seven-time world champion, was shockingly defeated by 24-year-old Alexander Ersenbacher. And world number one, Judd Trump, has already made the round of 16 by defeating Long Winbo. There's much more snooker to be played between now and the 6th, and here in the USA, you can watch it on Reddit. A 200,000 British pounds purse is awaiting the winner. That's no small amount of quid! Okay, my fellow ravers, thanks for listening in. That's a raver wrap for today. And remember, never make eye contact with someone while eating a banana. Thanks for listening to my raves. Become a sports raver too by following me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and checking out all my podcast raves. Till next time, I'm Geraldine B, the sports raver.